it's that time again. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome back. Episode 10. I actually looked this time to see what episode this was, so I didn't sound like a freaking idiot not knowing what episode my own podcast was. So it's episode 10. Uh, and it also says right here on my notes, notes for episode 10 of the ketogenic bodybuilding podcast. So I couldn't screw this one up. So it's episode 10 long overdue. Why am I always apologizing for being late doing these things? Well, kiss my ass. All right. It's been hectic. We got through Thanksgiving. Uh, basically it's a long weekend for me. Thanksgiving, obviously on a Thursday, which that day for me is the refeed of all refeeds where I literally just wake uh, impatiently wait for the food, then I consume the food, and then I rest and take a nap and recover between sets uh, before I go back to eating more food, and then I recover again, and then I go back to more food, and I continue that little uh, medley of eat and rest uh, long into the evening until I cannot consume any more. And uh, it's generally my favorite holiday because it doesn't require a bunch of commercialized bullshit of gift buying crap for, you know, people who, you know, don't need the crap and you just spend money for no reason. And it's just commercialism as it, at its absolute finest. But uh, I love Thanksgiving because it's just literally supposed to be anyway, kick back and uh, be thankful for the things that you have, the blessings that you have feast with friends and family and then uh, go about your business. But it is a four day weekend for me. I always take that Thursday and Friday off. But that also means that it's just a day of eating and then three days of home improvement. Because uh, for those of you out there that don't know, I am perpetually uh, playing the role of freaking Bob Vila uh, because my wife and I are, well, my wife is restoring a house um, <laughs> that I also eat and sleep in on occasion. Uh, it was built like in the early 1900s. I don't know exactly, but it was like 1900 something. It was built in, of course, that means it's falling the hell apart. So I have to put it back together again. And I am in charge of nothing when it comes to that. So I just do as I'm told. So this uh, this year, it's been a whole shitload of molding that I've been putting up around the house and, and other chores and jobs. And, you know, I am by no means any kind of a skilled craftsman or carpenter. So I'm making this shit up as I go along and checking YouTube frequently. And uh, as my wife sits back and watches, you know, HGTV and the, you know, DIY network. And I'm, I'm fairly convinced that uh, there has been no, maybe second to alcoholism, there's been no greater cause of divorce in this country than HGTV. You know, making you believe that you can watch these home improvement shows and anybody that wants to pick up a freaking hammer can, uh, can do all this, you know, exquisite bullshit in their house. And it's easy. And, and it's no, it's, it's not the way it works. Trust me on this. I have story after story and verifiable proof that uh, what you see on HDTV and the DIY network is a con job. So uh, turn off the channel and back slowly away from the television because they're feeding you a line of shit. Okay? Hire that shit. 
go get yourself somebody that knows what the hell they're doing to help you fix up your house. Okay. Okay. Rant over. So here we go. Episode 10, um, the freedom edition. (laughs) Um, yeah. So uh, Thanksgiving weekend, uh, we got through that. And then, um, as you well know, trying to stay on point here, um, I'm kind of in a weird mood today, so bear with me. Um, we got through the Thanksgiving Day weekend, and while that was going on, as you all very well know, um, my Facebook account was completely wiped from the interwebs, and uh, I swear to God, I had that thing for 12 to 15 years. Must must be uh, that long. Uh, around 5,000, you know, air quote, friends, lots of photographs and memories and the really annoying thing about getting my Facebook account wiped away is you know, anything that I did within the ketogenic bodybuilding Facebook group. And then I had, you know, my personal, uh, Rob Goodwin fitness page and, and my, my brick and mortar gym, original workout, you know, we had a page for that. And so that kind of removed me from all that and posts that I had done within those groups and pages were all wiped away too. So I had to redo a bunch of that shit and it's just a major freaking hassle. But uh, the funny story was, is then, um, you know, after I got completely banned, I went ahead and went back in and I reopened another account, another just Rob Goodwin. And uh, it wasn't 24 hours that they shut that shit down. And uh, it was there, but I wasn't able to like things or post things or respond or answer questions or do anything. I, I couldn't use Messenger. It was nothing. It was just dead. And I just got let out of Facebook jail, I guess you call it. Uh, after 31 days. So I guess I'm out on Facebook parole uh, at this point. So if you have sent me a friend request or messaged me uh, at my Rob Goodwin account um, uh, and I didn't respond or any, I apologize, I wasn't able to. And um, I do have an alter ego out there named Bucky Shreveport that uh, was having a little bit of luck perusing the inner you know, inter interweb realms of Facebook. That's sort of my alter ego, but now I'm back to being me, um, for now until they, you know, find a reason to shut me down again. So I was dealing with that horse shit. So as I was dealing with that, I, I, I'm, I'm done. I'm kind of done with the, the censorship, um, that the way we have to bow down to these Orwellian, uh, techno Lords, um, that, f- you know, we have to bow down to their, you know, autonomy and, and they at any moment can shut down your First Amendment rights of free speech if it doesn't agree with their politics. And um, uh, there's been multiple tens of thousands of victims of that horse shit. And it's time to put your foot down. And I, I have uh, in many ways during all of this lockdown bullshit. And um so what we have done is uh, uh, is uh, started our own community. So what that means is, is I, is I went to my web guy, who's also my workout partner and a close friend, somebody I trust, and he's just a brilliant dude. And I said, hey, can we start our own community? And he went to work. And so basically we have this new community. It's an online forum. Now, you've been on these things before, you know, it's not necessarily a social media site, but it's an online forum where you can go, you know, 
post relevant topics, you know, discuss things you want to talk about and other people can join in. So, you know, it's, it's an internet, you know, like a chat room or an internet forum. So he's like, yeah, we can do that. And, and he found this really, uh, user-friendly, cool software that, uh, we're still expanding and learning and growing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's put together, it is released and we are now, we're actually hosting these forums, this community on, uh, our own servers. So nobody's going to shut our shit down. So nobody has control. We don't have big brother peering over our shoulders. So, uh, you know, uh, I feel a lot more comfortable with this format, knowing that uh, I just can't have the, the the rug pulled out from under me at any point. And uh, so I say all this to build up to the fact that I would really, truly love for you to, if you haven't already, go to kgbcommunity.com. That's the URL, kgbcommunity.com. There's also a direct link on my website, robgoodwin.com where all my coaching information is and all that stuff. Uh, it'll pop up right in front of your face and basically smack you. And you just click that. And it'll take you there directly. Go to kgbcommunity.com and open a free account. Absolutely free. Absolutely free. Um, and you become a member. Once you're in, you do all the things that you do. You, you know, build your profile. You put up your profile pic. You put up your your profile page, banner, photo, whatever you want to do. And then you can start interacting in the forum in, in the main group forum where there is already a lot of activity going on. And a lot of the uh, usual suspects that, you know, from the ketogenic bodybuilding Facebook group are already over there interacting and we're having a blast and it's only going to get better and better and better. So, uh, join the fun. We've already got over 150 people over there and it's 150 people that were generally some of the most active people in the group anyway. Um, so that's where all the good stuff is happening. And my promise to you, um, if anybody cares, <laughs> you know, uh, is that's where I'm going to be consistently active, you know, uh, with, with the Facebook group, uh, you know, I would, I would occasionally have time to, to drop in there and answer a couple of questions or check out what was going on or, you know, post this or post that, or give this announcement where in this new KGB community, um, I'm going to be far more active. Uh, I've started doing contest prep updates, basically listing specifically what I'm doing at whatever stage of contest prep I'm in. Um, I'm actually going to, I haven't done it yet, but, uh, now that this podcast is, you know, checked off the to-do list, we're through, we've got the community launch, we're past, you know, holiday hurdle one. Um, I'm going to start posting also some video content. Um, anytime I feel like I need to get something off my chest or make an announcement or, or discuss something that is really on my mind. I'm set up now where I just switch on the camera or literally turn on my phone and shoot a quick video and it'll be dropped in the KGB community. That's where that stuff's going to be. Um, it's not always going to be in the ketogenic bodybuilding group. Um, because quite frankly, I'm trying to, you know, slowly kind of distance myself from that, you know, with the bad experience that I've had and the bad experience that others have had getting their accounts wiped away unfairly, um, it's time to, you know, 
it's time to, to, you know, make a stand and, uh, and, uh, you know, so that, that's where we are. So I definitely invite you, uh, to come over and join the group and get involved. And it would mean a lot to me. And, uh, I promise that I will try to add as much content there as humanly possible to make it worth your while. Um, I already posted the, I already posted a food list over there. That's, it's called a sticky where you, uh, you make a post where I can make a post and I can make it a sticky to where it's like, you know, stuck to the top of all the uh, discussions that are up there for quick and easy access. So, um, I will uh, continue to, to put up if I get a document or that I create or an article, uh, whether it be from myself or somebody that I trust, you know, I can post that stuff in the KGB community and I know that it's there and I know that nobody's going to mess with it. So come on over, be part of it, be part of the group. And uh, it would mean a lot to me if you would help me grow that. So even invite a friend, you know, put the word out, share the link. It's out there now, so uh, let, let's grow that damn thing. Okay, okay, onward. Um, today is going to be, for the most part, a quick. <laughs> All right, it's nothing I do is quick. Um, <clears throat> a quick, quicker than normal is my goal. Is to, to tr- I'm trying to keep these podcasts under an hour now, um, <clears throat> so you're not, you know, stuck to them for hours at a time. I mean, who, who's got the time for that? But um, I'm going to do a Q&A today, so I'm going to take some questions. I got a, a few questions that were, uh, uh, you know, posted in the Ketogenic Bodybuilding Facebook group, and I also have some questions that were posted in the KGB community forum. So I'm going to try to get through as many of those today as I can, time permitting. And uh, But I want to kick things off today by, um, uh, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm quite... For lack of a better term, I'm, I'm kind of a little blown away by the response. I, I posted a meme uh, from uh, somebody that I follow on Instagram and other social media outlets that I do admire. Uh, I do have, you know, peers in the industry that I, that I follow and admire. There are some good ones out there in a sea of millions of shitty ones. And uh, this guy's name is Paul Carter, and Paul Carter runs a little shindig called Lift Run Bang, and that is his handle on Instagram. And I was kind of scrolling through Instagram like I do on occasion just to kind of see what's up. And uh, Paul uh, posted this. He said, uh, very simply, uh, movements you don't ever have to do in order to maximize your muscular potential and physique development. They are the squat, the bench, the deadlift, and the overhead press. I quickly copied that and I put it in the new community forum and I put it in the Facebook group and uh, I might have even shared it on my Instagram, I don't remember. But uh, knowing that it would trigger a lot of people. And it did, you know what, it didn't trigger that many people. It, it didn't get the the flaming hate responses that I expected, but it did get a lot of, you know, raised eyebrows and uh, I got a lot of feedback on that. And I even mentioned, you know, maybe I should talk about this in the podcast and a a overwhelming number of people were like, yes, talk about what the hell this means in your podcast. So I'm going to do that. And it's really, really simple and, you know, follow along because, you know, this can be very important as well. Uh, But I'm going to give you a very simple explanation to what, 
I'm fairly convinced Paul Carter was talking about. And that is you don't, obviously, if you were a competitive power lifter, you know, you you compete um, in power lifting competitions, or if you're just a avid power lifter, power lifter is something you enjoy doing. That's your thing. Then, yeah. I mean, what do power lifters do? They, you know, regularly see how much stronger they can get in particular lifts and those lifts that they're lifts that are generally associated with competition, like the barbell back squat, the bench press and the deadlift. And so the thing is, is, you know, if you're a power lifter, then yeah, you would definitely always want to be always want to do them because that's the mainstays, the foundation of powerlifting. This is not powerlifting. This we, you know, we talk about physique improvement, you know, such as building an extreme physique, like bodybuilders or physique competitors, or anyone out there that is striving to to put it as you know, you've heard this term, but but it really does paint the picture. Anybody out there who is striving to look spectacular naked, I mean, really. Uh, and the way I always put it is, is you're striving to reach your very best genetic potential. In other words, to become or exceed even meet or exceed the very best with the genetics that you were given by your creator or at birth or however you want to look at it. So, so yeah, so in order to achieve that, it's about building muscle mass, lean muscle mass, because when you get very lean, the attractive element of your body is the uncovering of that attractive, hard, sexy, lean muscle. And your version of sexy and attractive is just basically a, a level of how lean you want to get. Uh, for instance, you know, let, let's use women as an example. Uh, as in the way they view men, some women like a guy who's like freaking 4% body fat and ripped to freaking shreds. They dig that look where, you know, some might like a guy that's 10% or 12% or whatever. Um, or you might not like yourself, you know, beyond a certain level of leanness or, or whatever. So we all have that vision in our head of how we want to look and how we want to get there. And that, that improvement of your physique is about, finding your best version of your body composition, you know, how lean you are, how much body fat you, you know, remove from your frame relative to how much lean muscle mass you can build. And in order to do that, I mean, to build muscle, it's called muscle hypertrophy or the building of muscle, lean muscle mass. And that's not an easy thing to do to building muscle. As we all know, everybody's nodding like, yeah, it's not freaking easy, you know? So, you know, many of us spend decades struggling to put on as much as we possibly can in order to achieve the best physique that we can. And, um, so it's not an easy process. So, you know, it's a very meticulous thing. And so you've always got to cross your T's and dot your I's with this stuff. So, you know, you're striving to put on as much lean muscle mass as possible. But then when you're trying to remove body fat, then the goal is to remove that body fat in a way that still maintains lean muscle mass. So it's kind of a chess match. You know, that's why, you know, a bodybuilder is not just going to go on a complete starvation diet or some water fast to get lean. 
they're going to change their macros in a way where the protein is, is greatly elevated to try to maintain as much lean muscle mass as possible as they go into a caloric deficit to peel off as much body fat as possible and then find that happy medium of body composition that they're looking to achieve. A competitor would want to get ridiculously lean, almost freaky lean, whereas you're, you know, you're the guy or the woman that just wants that smoke and beach body may not want to be quite that lean, but you know, they, they have a level of aesthetic uh, that, they, that they are striving to achieve, and that is done by altering body composition. Well, to alter body composition, as we said, that's just the addition of lean muscle mass and the loss of stored body fat. So in order to build lean muscle mass, you know, you do not, this is what this meme means, you do not have to do a bench press. You do not have to do a barbell. Now, I believe that what he's talking about here and what I'm talking about here is these movements in their literal pure form. So when we say you don't have to do a squat to build awesome legs, no, you do not have to do a traditional barbell back squat with a barbell on your shoulders, you know, lowering the weight to the floor and then coming back up to an upright standing position. You do not have to do that movement to build big, strong legs. They're awesome. And if you have no issue doing them, I would say keep doing them. I love to squat. I can't squat super heavy anymore because I'm older and I'd have had some hip and lower back issues over the years, probably for going too crazy freaking heavy back when I was in my twenties and thirties. So I can squat these days, but it's, I can't go super freaking heavy anymore. And there are times when I just don't want to risk putting myself at risk by doing some of these movements, especially if I'm in a competition prep, I don't want to be, you know, seven months into a competition prep and blow the whole damn things because I have some serious injury. So, you know, you have to be very wise and, you know, you have to gauge what you're doing in the gym and be as safe as humanly possible while trying to put on as much as you possibly can. So no, if you want to build huge, awesome, sexy, whatever legs, the best that you can possibly build, you do not have to do a barbell back squat. And I, nobody's saying don't do them. We're just saying you don't have to do them. You know, I often reference my favorite professional bodybuilder of all time, Dorian Yates, six times Mr. Olympia. You know, he did not do barbell back squats. I think he, I could be wrong here, but I think he stopped doing them after his first Olympia win. And he switched to primarily leg press, a hack squat machine, and a Smith machine squat. So, you know, he didn't do barbell back squats for five of his six Olympias. Uh, he said they were too stressful on his back and knees. And he just didn't like the way they felt, you know, didn't want to risk any injury. And he found that by doing leg presses, hack squats, and Smith machine squats, that he didn't have that same issue. So that's what he did didn't make Dorian's legs any smaller, okay? He still had ridiculous legs and uh, an incredible physique that won him six Mr. Olympia titles, which that means you're the best bodybuilder on the planet at that time. So not too bad. Um, so yes, you do not have to do squats, traditional barbell back squats to build big legs. You could do variations of a squat, the aforementioned Smith machine squat. You could do a machine Squat. There are squat machines out there. There's something called a leverage squat. You could do one of my personal all-time favorites, the Bulgarian split squat. I think those might quite possibly be the greatest leg builder of all time. 
You could do leg presses. You could do single leg presses. Not let's not forget, you know, some of the single joint motions, you know, hamstring curls, leg extensions, Romanian deadlifts. If you, if you can handle them, if your lower back or hips can handle them, you know, there are a lot of variations. You can do different lunges. You can do walking lunges. You can do alternating forward lunges. You can do backward lunges. You could do step ups. So many different, all, you know, variations out there where you do not uh, have to do a barbell back squat. And if you are one of these people out there thinking, man, you know, every time I do barbell back squats, it, you know, it bothers my knees or it bothers my back or my hips or it aggravates this old injury or whatever. Fear not, young camper, you don't have to do them. Find the variation that works for you. Story with myself and my, you know, coming out of the two, my 2018 contest prep and coming into my 2019 contest prep. And I would definitely say my 2019, uh, to the year 2019 was my best uh, ever in my life. And that was me at 50 years old. And as hard as it is to put on muscle, you know, at that age, it's just, and if you do, it's going to be a small amount. Uh, I can confidently say that I made some of the best improvements in my physique uh, in that 2019 prep. And there was a period of time, several months, where I was having some lower back issues and I did no squatting at all in terms of, you know, uh, like two legs at the same time squatting type motions. I did find, however, that I could do heavy leg presses without pain and I could do unilateral movements with literally zero pain. So I switched to a lot of Bulgarian split squats as heavy as I possibly could. Um, you know, that's where your you know, one foot is back behind you resting on a bench or, you know, something that's elevating it off the ground. And all the work is being done with that lead leg. So it's like a squat, but just with one leg and your back leg is supported off the ground. So some balance comes into play. So there's just a lot of work being done on each individual leg uh, as you're doing this motion. So I would pick up two very heavy dumbbells or the heaviest two kettlebells I can hold or sometimes even a barbell on my back in some circumstances. And, and we would do those and those did not bother my back. And um, and I'm not the one telling you this. Some, you know, people close to me that know bodybuilding said that, you know, I made some definite improvements in my legs uh, over the course of from 2018 to 2019. So I found what worked for me. And uh, I've also found that uh, you know, it's worked for a lot of clients and all of you out there that are still mad at me for the amount of Bulgarian split squats I'm having you do, it's okay, it'll pay off, I promise. Hang with me, people. Yeah, they're for badasses, so. Anyway, um, so, you know, you don't have to do the barbell back squat. Same with the bench press. He's talking, and I'm talking about the literal, you know, interpretation of a bench press. You're laying flat on your back, you pull a barbell, you know, off two supports, and you do a barbell bench press, the traditional bench press. You do not have to do those to build a big chest. And I would argue that in terms of adding um, hypertrophy, adding quality lean muscle to the chest, I would argue that dumbbells may be the better option for many people. And I also like uh, using variations with some machines 
that I can really dial in that uh, mind muscle contraction. I do like to do Smith machine bench presses or Smith machine incline presses. I like to do heavy dumbbell presses, both flat and incline. Um, when I have the opportunity, uh, I, I love hammer strength, um, you know, unilateral, you know, chest presses, you know, things of that nature. Push-ups, you know, we've forgotten the push-up. You can make a push-up freaking suck and you will grow a nice thick chest if you maximize your push-ups, you know, get, get two parallettes. You know, I made a couple pair out of, uh, you know, PVC tubing so I can get a little extra stretch going down and then driving those back up, put on a 50 pound weight vest, have your workout partner push down on your middle back as you're trying to do those and have him resist against you. It's brutal and you can do a lot of damage, uh, good damage, uh, by doing variations of the pushup. So, uh, you know, and going into back, you do not have to deadlift. I don't think I did a single deadlift for my entire 2019 prep. I used to deadlift a lot back in the day. Uh, back in the 90s, I deadlifted pretty much weekly. And, and I got pretty strong, and, and I enjoyed them. And I, and I would love to do them again, but I know I couldn't go as heavy. And I know, I'd, you know it'd be a mental thing with me, and it would just piss me off. That I, that I, you know, it may not be the wisest move for a 52 year old guy, me, that does have a history of some lower back issues trying to pull 500 pounds off the floor. So I did not do them and I, I still haven't done one in a while. But instead, you know, to build, you know, a back and, you know, maybe even a variation of doing just a rack pull instead where the, the bar is elevated at just below the knee. So it's just it's, you know, you're taking some of that lower back stress out of the movement and you're, you know, more moving more just into the trapezius and in the rhomboids to get the, the weight up. So, no, I don't I really don't bench press uh, or excuse me, deadlift anymore. So I'm doing a lot of rowing movements and I'm doing a lot of pull down movements and pull up movements. Uh, that's the mainstay. So one arm dumbbell rows, um, seated cable rows, reverse grip pull downs, wide grip pull downs, pull ups, chin ups, bent over barbell rows. And probably my favorite now is uh, adding in a chest-supported barbell row or a chest-supported dumbbell row. Once again, I've made an adjustment and I'm not uh, relying on the strength of my lower back to keep my torso uh, supported uh, when I'm getting into a heavy bent-over barbell row. By taking that stress off my lower back and having my uh, upper torso supported on a bench, um, I'm able to control the weight better, to focus better, to pull more weight because the goal is to build a thicker, wider back, you know, and if you're strong enough to, to do a, a heavy bent over barbell row or a very heavy bent over dumbbell row, uh, without, you know, having your chest supported, great, continue to do them. That's awesome. Bent over barbell rows are badass, and they're one of the best back builders out there. But I went, you know, I purchased an old school, you know, chest supported bench and what's called a seal bar where it's a barbell with two handles coming off of it to give you more range of motion. So as I'm doing the row, I'm not banging the bar up against the bench. I give myself more clearance to get uh, my elbows a little, you know, you know, past my torso to get a greater contraction. 
So yeah, so for you, you know, you don't have to do deadlifts, you know, to build a thick back and you know big hamstrings, strong glutes. You don't. There are other things that you can do. So don't stress out if you can't do some of these stereotype movements that some people have tricked you into believe if you don't do them, your legs aren't going to grow. And if you don't do them, your back's not going to grow. And if you don't do them, your chest isn't going to grow because that's just exquisite bullshit. Okay. You can build muscle doing alternatives that are safe and effective for you that won't get you freaking injured. Okay. Overhead press. I still do overhead presses. I do dumbbell overhead presses. I love doing uh, a, a variation of the Smith machine overhead press that I like to do. Sometimes I do barbell overhead presses because they just, I've never had a shoulder injury in my life. I've been very fortunate and I've always had very strong shoulders. And so I continue to do them. But if I had an issue, it's surprising how much work you can do to your shoulders by never doing anything overhead. You know, your shoulders are basically divided up into three heads. You can hit that front head, that, uh, you know, rear deltoid and, you know, the, the lateral head, you know, the medial head. You, know, you can hit all of them doing different variations of movements. You get so much shoulder work with your chest work anyway. Uh, and, you, you know, like with a, even with a tricep dip, you're going to get a lot of shoulder activation. With a dumbbell press, you're going to get a lot of shoulder activation. And then if you throw in things like, you know, lateral raises, alternating front raises, maybe plate raises, and uh, bent over rear delt uh, laterals, which I think uh, everybody should do. I think they're uh, something that a lot of people are missing from their program. I, I like to almost always start shoulder workouts doing rear delts. So I'll do a chest-supported rear delt raise, or I'll do a bent over dumbbell rear, rear delt lateral really hit those rear delts hard. You're going to get so much work, uh, in the anterior deltoid, the front deltoid and the side delts just with a lot of the other stuff that you do. And it's easy to target those. So you can really build some thick, strong, you know, grapefruit freaking deltoids, uh, by never actually pushing anything over your head. That's not to say that if an overhead press doesn't bother you, you shouldn't do it. You absolutely should. So nothing about this means that these movements aren't to be done. The point is, is you don't have to do them if they cause you stress. There are so many other alternatives that you can do and still get phenomenal results. Once again, at 50 years old, I truly believe I had the best physique of my entire career, you know, spanning nearly, nearly three decades. And uh, I didn't do a deadlift uh, or a, a barbell back squat. So, but there's so many other things you can do. You know, it's like you get these zealots out there and we've been down this road. You know, there are people out there that say, oh, don't ever use a leg press. Leg presses don't work. Okay, any t if somebody ever comes up to you and says, don't do a leg press, leg presses don't work, you're talking to a moron. So politely walk away, okay? Because you don't need to, you know, cloud your brain with anything that they're spewing out of their pie hole. Okay. If somebody tells you that, uh, if you don't deadlift, you can't get a thick back. They're a moron. They don't know what they're doing. Okay. They've, they've just, they're just regurgitating something they were told by somebody that's probably bigger and stronger than them anyway. And, uh, so now they have to regurgitate it back and they think maybe the, you know, the mass gods will shine on them and, you know, maybe something miraculous will happen. So, you do not listen to that horse shit. You know, there are so many different ways to skin a cat 
and you can build an incredibly, incredibly strong, powerful, muscular, badass physique and never do a barbell back squat, never do a barbell bench press, never do a barbell deadlift and never do an overhead press. But one more time for you in the back of the room that maybe weren't paying attention. If you can do these movements, do them. Or if you like doing these movements, do them. They are great. No one ever said they weren't. So don't confuse what I'm trying to say here. I'm just saying that if you have issue with any of these movements, you don't have to. There are alternatives. Okay. Does that make sense? So, okay, cool. Can we move on from that? Very, very good. Okay. Somebody's still going to argue with me. You realize that, right? That's okay. That's okay. Go to the KGB community forums and argue with me there. Okay. <laughs> so let's, let's have some fun with it. All right. All right. So, Hey, let's get on to some questions. We're only 36 minutes in, which leaves me a good 20, you know, 20 some minutes to answer a couple of questions and you damn well know, I'll probably go over. So I apologize in advance. Let me see what time it is. Okay. I I'm, I'm not doing bad. I'm not doing bad on time. Okay. So let's get to some questions. Um, I believe this is, I've got a couple that's coming from the ketogenic bodybuilding Facebook group. Oh, Hey, you can still join that. Yeah. Come join that. Make that step one. Join the ketogenic bodybuilding Facebook group. If, if you're, you know, you know, you could come there and then come over to the KGB community and we'll take it to another level for you. Okay. So from the ketogenic bodybuilding Facebook group, still love those people. And I'm so glad to be out of Facebook jail that I can get back in there and mix it up with you guys. Uh, question one, one body part or muscle people neglect to train and why we need to, you know what? Um, I don't have, I don't know. Cause everybody's different. People are all over the map with that. Now you can get, I, I can get really general. We all know that guy that doesn't train legs, right? We know the guy that doesn't train legs. I'm going to go ahead and take this a step further. I'm not going to mention any names, but it's for some reason. And it's the guys. Sorry. It's the guys. My ladies always crank out legs because those ladies want badass legs and a badass booty, right? They're not going to be missing no leg workout. They ain't stupid. But my guys, a lot of my guys are just big damn pussies when it comes to working legs. So they will skip them. I, you know, for some reason, I wonder why this is. I can look at one of my online clients calendars and if they miss one workout in that week, ah, nine out of 10 times, it was the leg day. I wonder why that is because legs suck. They hurt. They're brutal. You're, you know, you're talking about working 60% of your muscularity in one workout. It's a hard thing. You know, people don't puke from working shoulders or triceps. You know, I never had anybody throw up working chest, but I've had some heads and some trash cans on leg day, multiple dozens of times, including my own. Right? So let's, you know, get the big picture out of the way. For some reason, people skip legs. And I'm going to make another bold statement here. You know how many times now this is back when I worked in these big gyms, I worked in these huge golds gyms and some of these massive gyms down in Florida. And you know, guys would always come to me and say, I can't get my damn chest to grow or how am I going to get my arms bigger? My first reply would always be, are you training legs hard? And they're like, well, no, cause I just want a big chest, and big arms. I'm like, okay, work your legs. 
work your legs. Work, you're talking about working 60 some percent of your muscularity. And I guarantee you, as odd as this is gonna sound to you, Otis, if you work those legs hard, your chest will grow and your arms will grow. Okay, you gotta get that massive surge of growth hormone growing through the body and, and push those hormones and get that whole body working. And I can't tell you how many times, you know, somebody would come back and say, Hey, I bit the bullet. I started doing heavy leg workouts and now everything's getting bigger because that's just the way it works. That's just the way it works. So, uh, never skip legs. Now for those of you, the majority out you that already know this and don't skip leg day or that one body part that you just don't like to train, I would have to probably say that people will often skip, uh, traps that that happens a lot. And I'm even guilty of that myself. I think especially if you're competing or you really want to round out your physique, I think having those traps popping off uh, the tops of your shoulders uh, really complete the physique. Um, and, and it's just one of those body parts that if, if I see somebody with big traps, I know they're serious. I know they train hard. I know they're committed. I know they're dedicated. So, you know, incorporate some trap movements, even if you just work it into your back day or, or even if maybe, you know, work it into like, you know, if you've got some extra time to maybe work shoulders and so maybe throw in some traps on shoulders, but throw in some heavy shrugs, you know, if, uh, for those of you that can tolerate them, throw in some, some heavy upright rows, some face pulls, but, uh, work those traps. And then another one is calves. But uh, I think I have a, a specific question regarding calves. So, you know, there might be a, a double reply here to that, but uh, a lot of people will skip calves and don't think you can't grow your calves. Now, I will say this, a lot of calf growth or a lot of calf size is genetic, you know, so don't expect like if you have like tiny, tiny little legs below the knee, that in six months you're going to have, you know, 30 inch freaking calves. That's not the case. You can add size to your calves. That's just going to be a tough muscle to get bigger, but you can make them bigger. And I've got my own story about that. Now, now I genetically have bigger calves. Thank my mother. Uh, so I, I've never had an issue with having bigger calves, but I can tell you this, I made my calves bigger over for sure over a span of time back in the nineties. My first workout partner had, who had an amazing physique, competitive bodybuilder, had no calves or, you know, small lacking calves. How about we put it like that? And it pissed him off to the point, especially when he saw my untrained bubblegum ass with bigger calves than his and I hadn't lifted anything. I started training with him and I think that was a point of irritation. So right out of the gate, you know, he banged his gavel and, you know, his new edict was we're going to do 200 heavy calf raises before every workout. So it didn't matter what we were working. Chest day, 200 calf raises before the workout. Back day, 200 calf raises before the workout. Hell, leg day, if it wasn't you know, freaking hell on earth enough, we're going to start it with 200 calf raises. So for a period of what had to be two years, I was doing 200 calf raises heavy before every workout and my calves grew. In fact, I got to the point where I was a little afraid that my calves would be bigger than my quads and I'd look ridiculous. So you can make them bigger, but a lot of people do neglect them. So, you know, find a way to carve out some calf work as well. Um, and I think another thing just might be an imbalance, you know, I call, I call them redneck workouts. You know, people, you know, guys especially will overkill the, the arms and they'll overkill the chest and, uh, 
and maybe neglect other body parts that they don't see in the mirror. So, uh, you know, I've, I've said for years, my, my favorite big body part to train is back. I love training back. I can't even see my back unless I, you know, crane my neck around and try to get some weird angle in the mirror. But I know that competitions are won from the back. And when you turn around and face the curtain and the judges are seeing your, you know, your posterior, you know, your traps, your back, your lower back, your glutes, your hamstrings, your calves, that's where competitions are won. Because you can see a lot of guys that, you know, you got three guys or three women up there that are all really, really close. And then it always, the separation occurs is when they turn around and face the curtain and you see their posterior. Then you see who's putting in the hard work. So, uh, so no real specific answer there. I, I just know a lot of people skip traps. A lot of people skip calves or they will in general just skip a body part in general because it's just not aesthetically important to them. But let me go ahead and tell you something, guys, you guys doing your redneck, you know, chest and bicep workouts three days a week, you know, let me go ahead and clue you into something you may not know. Those girls out there that you're trying to impress with your big pecs and your big biceps would probably be a lot more impressed if you had some big ass freaking legs hanging below the waist. Okay. So work those legs, work that back. Those are going to be those muscles that's really going to pop and make you and separate you from the others out there. All right. So hopefully that helped. Next question. Sex. That guy, if you were asleep, you're awake now. Uh, sex. When to avoid it, i.e. before a workout or after, etc. Um, an ideal time for it as well as changes in libido when cutting and bulking. Okay. There was some bizarre ass myth. Um that came out of the boxing world, you know, back in the old days where trainers would tell their boxers not to have sex before a fight because it, for God knows what it did, it either zapped their energy or drained their testosterone or, or whatever. That is an exquisite myth. It's complete bullshit. It, it's absolutely crazy. There is no effect on your physique whatsoever by having sex. Now, one could argue if it is uh, the night before a competition, uh, you know, it, it, it maybe that might not be the best time to get super active, you know, because you just want to rest and, and just have everything ready and perfect for the next morning before you pump up and all that. But uh, there is absolutely no bad time for sex ever. So my wife just went, whew. Uh, so yeah, anytime, as often as you can, it's only a wonderful thing and it will do nothing but enhance you and your relationship and, uh, don't ever think you can't now valid question. And this, if you're thinking about competing or if you're thinking about doing a really hard cut, you know, where you're getting into a steep deficit and you're going to suffer and try to get to that, you know, guys are trying to get to sub 10% body fat women. You're trying to get to that maybe sub 14% body fat, really lean. This doesn't apply to you ladies like it does to guys because we have to be able to get, you know, the big fella to perform. Right. And there's sort of a chain of events. The, the stars all have to kind of align for that little, 
that little show to <laughs> the show must go on, right? So I will say this, you know, when you're deeply, if you're deep into a hard cut, many weeks into a hard cut or several weeks into a hard cut, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that, that I'm not going to tell you that high protein, low fat, low carb, which is what generally you will get to at some point in a hard cut to try to get as lean as you've ever been or for a competition or a photo shoot. I'm not going to tell you that's the ideal environment uh, for hormonal function. And yes, um, ladies, if your guy, if your husband, if your boyfriend, if your man is six weeks into a hard cut or, you know, a few weeks out from a competition and the big fella just doesn't feel like saluting, don't give him a hard time. Pun intended? No. Uh, don't give him a hard time. It's not his fault. Um, he's not getting the proper hormonal response. He does not getting enough calories, enough energy, enough healthy fats in order to make uh, the big fella rise to attention. Okay. It may not affect, some guys it may not affect them at all. Some guys it does. You know, your mileage may vary. But uh, yeah, it, there can be some issues in, you know, deep into a hard cut. So just be aware of that and, uh, you know, be easy on your spouse or significant other if, if, uh, if that situation were to arise or not arise, you know, you know, anyway. Uh, okay, moving on. Hope that covered that. Um, next question, stubborn lower body, best way to train calves, hamstrings and glutes. There it was. I knew there was something about calves somewhere. Um, best way to train calves. Okay. I am of the opinion. You know what? It's not my opinion. It has been regurgitated so many times by people that I admire and people that you probably admire that, that I can say this with great confidence. And that is, um, first of all, uh, I think legs for the, for the hard gainer, for the person that, that is maybe not coming on as much as you'd like. And you know, you have all your nutrition dialed, you're in a surplus, you're getting lots of protein, you're doing, you're getting lots of rest, you're not consuming alcohol, you're doing everything right, the muscle's not coming on as much. I will tell you this, I do believe that higher reps work better for legs. I believe this. Uh, maybe not in all instances, you can mix it up, but um, you know, I was incredibly fortunate. I'd, I'd read this already before I had the incredible honor of meeting and hanging out with Tom Platts. If you don't know who Tom Platts is, Google it. He's known for having some of the most ridiculous legs of any bodybuilder ever. And uh, Tom Platts, um, I also had the distinct honor of training under legendary coach John Perillo, uh, worked with some big time IFBB pros and some of the big gold gyms that I was able to work in and manage. Um, and almost across the board, these guys like doing high rep squats. They, they did. If you're working out with Tom Platts and you're doing legs, you ain't doing a set of anything that's under 20 reps. This guy would just absolutely smoke the shit out of you. John Perillo was the same way. And it would be, we're not talking about lightweight high reps. We're talking about, you know, Tom Platts would put, you know, three, 400 pounds on a bar and do 20, 25 reps or more. You know, I've witnessed this. I've had this conversation with the man. And uh, I think in some ways with legs, you really need to shock them into growth. 
I know that's not the most scientific answer of all time, but I've just witnessed it enough to know that if you're trying to create uh, some real stimulation and, and sort of uh, get some get the mechanism uh, set into motion, try working higher reps with lower body. Okay, um, hamstrings, you know, you're going to get so much uh, stimulation from the basic compound movements, like your squat variations, like your leg presses, like your lunges, things of that nature. So you're just going to be getting hit there. So go heavy and go a little higher rep and try that. But then uh, also, you know, your lying leg curls, your seated leg curls, your Romanian deadlifts, throw some of that in there as well. And, and remember people, it, it all goes back to recovery. You, you didn't think I'd throw that in there like I always do, but like a broken record, I'm going to tell you that it's about recovery. If, if you think you're doing two leg days a week and they're not responding the way you want, and if you're thinking about throwing in a third day, that's by far the worst thing you could possibly do. So if you're doing two leg days a week and it's not working for you, either you're not going heavy enough, hard enough, or intense enough, or you're not getting the right nutrition in line, or you're not you know, getting enough sleep, or you're putting too much shit in your body, or maybe you're just fucking overtrained. So maybe take a week off completely and then come into the following week and only do one leg workout, but go balls out as hard as you've ever went in your freaking life to the death. And you might feel a difference there. So sometimes it's about taking a step backward and evaluating your intensity. Uh, are you taking any sets to failure? You know, what's your rep range is like? Are you doing too much? Are you grossly overtrained? So for lower body, you know, you, you may, you know, there's a couple different approaches you would try it. You know, I would have to know the client specifically uh, to make a really hard, fast recommendation. But uh, there, there are some, there's some broad strokes for you. Calves. You know what? Somebody said this, uh, and I don't remember who, but I remember somebody saying that, oh, you, you know, in to work calves, don't do traditional strength training exercises. Only do explosive things like jumps and hops. If somebody tells you that, you're talking to an idiot, okay? While those things may be fine in addition to, uh, though I don't see them necessary at all, and I haven't seen too many top amateurs and pros hopping around the gym like a fucking bunny, but um, yeah, with calves, I do like higher reps as well, and I like them heavy. Yes. So, uh, I like doing, I love doing uh, Smith machine calf raises. I've got this little like five inch little box, um, that I put, uh, in the Smith machine and I will literally put as much weight as I possibly can. Um, and I will try to do a rest pause set of a hundred. So I'll, I'll put enough weight on there that maybe I can only get 12 or 15 good quality reps. And when I'm, when I'm talking about reps, I'm talking like crazy range of motion. Like when you come up into your calf raise, it's like a fucking ballerina. You're up on your damn high on the balls of your foot, heels high, hard contraction. And then when you come back down, you're stretching those calves and you're, you're trying to almost put your heels on the floor while standing on that four or five inch box. You could use a couple of bumper plates or a couple of plates uh, under the Smith machine, you know, stack something there to get that range of motion, get that stretch. But if I'm really trying to get my calves to pop and grow, I'm doing higher rep ranges, but they're still heavy as shit. 
Okay, so maybe try that. All right. All right, uh, let's see. I think now these questions are coming from the KGB community, the new, the new KGB community forums, kgbcommunity.com. Go there. Uh, anyway, here's this question. Um, best exercises and sets to get that big old bikini booty. I love that. Otherwise known as the glute ham tie. LOL. You always got to throw an LOL in there. Um, okay. Once again, trying to get that big old bikini booty. Well, who doesn't like that? Um, the mainstays still apply. Squats, presses, lunges. Oh my. Those are going to be your best butt builders. If you think getting on the butt blaster at the gym is the key to a big hard butt you're wrong. That would be an accessory lift. That's something I would throw in at the end. That's fine. But I'm going to go heavy squats, heavy lunges, higher rep ranges for sure. And then throw in some, you know, uh, barbell glute bridges, then throw in the, the butt blaster machine if you like. That's fine. But your foundation comes from squats and lunges leg presses, things of that nature. And you can even make some manipulations, even like on a leg press. Um, if I'm really trying to target more uh, hamstring and glute on a leg press, I'll move my feet higher on the leg press. And I'm also when I'm doing that, I generally always go unilateral. So I'll do a single leg leg press with my foot very high on, on the platform. And I'll really take it deep. Uh, maybe not as much weight. And then that way I can really feel the contraction in my hamstrings and glutes fire that thing back up. And then I'll, I'm still going to go high rep. I'm still going to go try to get that, you know, 20 rep range kind of a gig, or maybe do that uh, rest pause set of 50 or that rest pause set of a hundred broken up, uh, whatever gets you there. But, uh, but then when you're talking about the tie-in now, that means, you know, let's see, how can I explain this? It, where your, where your butt, your glutes meet the hamstrings. So underneath the hiney, you know, with your, what this question means, she's, she's asking about tie-in because in a competition, if you're doing the, especially the bikini division and you face the curtain and you're doing that back shot where you're really showing off the glutes, you're sticking that thing right up there for everybody to see. If there is any kind of a, you know, movement or lines, uh, where the glute meets the hamstring, that's a body fat issue. Okay. That is purely a body fat issue. So the glute hamstring tie in, that's the last thing you worry about when you get into your cut. So that's a nutrition thing. You just, you know, if you, if you got something hanging there, you didn't diet hard enough. You're going to have to diet a little harder. And like with men's physique and with women's bikini, those two divisions, it's all about how lean you can get. It's really that way with every division, the leanest competitor, provided they've built some quality muscle to reveal you know, the most conditioned, the most shredded, the most cut, the most peeled, that's the person's going to walk away with the hardware. Okay. I've seen dozens of shows over the years where not the biggest guy wins, but the most shredded guy wins. We're not the most, you know, the biggest woman wins, but the most peeled lean woman wins. And with bikini, it's also, it's, you know, it's half beauty pageant. Let's be honest. 
So you got to have everything else in there as well. I'm kind of digressing here, but you got to have the hair, the makeup, the presentation, how you move your body, little things that don't tell you about, you know, you got, you got to figure out that tasteful way to almost flirt with the judges. You know, it's about being sexy. It's about being beautiful as well as crazy fit and conditioned. So with that glute, um, I know I'm getting off on a tangent here, but with that glute hamstring tie in, if you got something hanging around down there that you don't want there, that's, that's back to diet. That's back to conditioning. So hopefully that answers that. Um, we got somebody asking about clarification on fats consumed from dark meat chicken. Is that healthy or not? Of course it is healthy. There is nothing wrong with that. If it, I can't believe I'm about to say this because this phrase literally makes me want to stab my eyeballs out with a fucking fork. Okay. But okay. Okay. If it fits your macros, hate that phrase, but if it fits, well, let me, let me, not if it fits your macros, if it fits the macros that you've set or determined by yourself and your homework that you've done or by your competent qualified coach, if it fits with it, that fine. Hell yeah. I, one of my, and I was telling one of my clients, um, I think it was Tina. I was telling, um, one of my favorite uh, handy snacks is chicken legs. Uh, my wife, Nancy, will take like two dozen, um, you know, free range chicken legs and she'll line them in those big, what are those big white corning dishes or whatever? And she'll put some grass fed butter and some garlic and some spices and she will like put those in the oven for like 46 days. Not really, but you know, just really slow. Uh, low heat for hours and hours and those damn things literally just collapse off the bone they're freaking amazing and they're fantastic cold too like i can pull a couple of those chicken legs out of a ziploc bag at the gym cold right out of the refrigerator and they're just spectacular but you know if i'm in a gain phase like i am now i don't give two shits what the fat content is i need calories i need protein and i need fat i need lots of it now Okay. <laughs> but if I'm into my cut, well, that's when everything changes. You know this, right? So if I'm calculating even, you know, as, as close as I can, the macros on that chicken leg, I have to take into account the amount of fat because there's going to be more in dark meat, not a ton, but there's going to be more in dark meat. And then I'm looking at my protein and if it, you know, then if, if I have, you know, four chicken legs or two chicken legs, you know, in one of my six, seven meals, then I need to make sure that I adjust everything before or after that accordingly to make sure that those grams of fat fit into my allotted fat macros for the day in order for me to keep moving down the tracks to get to that level of leanness that I need for, for whatever I'm doing. So yeah, dark meat chicken is great. Uh, especially if you're in a gain phase or a maintenance phase, if you're in a cut, just, you know, count the macros accordingly and make adjustments down the road. So in other words, if, if I had some chicken legs at my 10 AM meal and, you know, in say normally then my one o'clock meal, I would have X food with, you know, X protein and X fat. I would make an adjustment to that meal where there's less fat and maybe more protein. And this will account for the added extra fat that I had with the chicken leg meal. So it's, you know, you're just kind of juggling your macros throughout the day. So at the end of the day, when you put a lid on that day, everything meshes out to the predetermined number of macros that you need in order to achieve your goal. So yeah, 
Eat away. Dark meat chicken kicks ass. Tastes better, too. Just like a fatty ribeye has got more flavor than a freaking filet. But there's a time and place for that. You know, I can eat a ribeye a day right now in a gain, and it's freaking awesome. But if I'm having a ribeye during a cut, that's usually only on like a refeed day, and then I'm making massive adjustments earlier in the day if I'm going to have like a, a small ribeye for dinner because there's a lot more calories, fat, and protein in a ribeye than you think. So do your homework on that. Okay, let's do one more because I'm at an hour right now. Um, you know what? This is going to be a good one because this ties in. And some of you are going to think I've lost my mind because if anybody is not a butter chugger, it's me. But that's not to say that you can't, you know, that grass fed butter isn't good for you and isn't a good food. Of course it is. You just make sure it fits within your macros, just like the chicken legs that we were talking about. So somebody asks your take on coconut oil. Okay. Here's the facts. There are benefits, health benefits to consuming coconut oil. There are. You know, the cool thing about coconut oil is, you know, just a few things. Um, studies have shown that it may balance hormones like thyroid hormones. Studies, some studies have shown that coconut oil can be more thermogenic compared to other fats, uh, that particular saturated fat. Uh, we know that coconut oil is antibacterial. You know, it can stop bacteria that causes certain things like gum disease, throat infections, urinary tract infections, uh, even ulcers. It's shown to sort of uh, to, to be helpful for um, it uh, is antifungal. It destroys infection promoting fungus. It can help quell yeast in the body, which in excess can be bad. It's anti-inflammatory. It can suppress inflammation. It can repair tissue. It's uh, antimicrobial. So it can, you know, inactivates certain harmful microbes and can help fight some infections. Um, it's an antioxidant, you know, which is, you know, protects against certain free radical damage. Um, coconut oil can stabilize blood sugar and insulin levels. Um, you know, it, on and on and on. Uh, coconut oil has some wonderful benefits. Um, also, some other great benefits of coconut oil that have been proven is, you know, uh, if, if you want stronger hair, uh, stronger nails. Guys, if you're trying to get your badass Viking beard to grow, you know, um, I will regularly, almost daily when I'm in my gain phase, I'll put a tablespoon of coconut oil in my morning coffee. I can account for that fat. I need that fat. I need those calories. Um, I like the benefit that I get from it. I like the taste of it. I like the energy boost that I get from it. And uh, I dig coconut oil. I'm just not going to eat, you know, five tablespoons a day because as we know, fat, even though it is a very valuable, very healthy energy source, too much of it will store on the body. You know, we know this. It's, you know, simple calories in, calories out, which is still a thing. So yeah, you can have some dark meat chicken. You can have a ribeye. You can have some grass-fed butter on your freaking vegetables. There's nothing wrong with that. Just account for it in your macros depending on what phase you're in. If you're, you know, if you're in a gain phase trying to put on mass and you don't mind the addition of a little extra body fat, go for it. You know, I, I, I in my update, in my in my prep update in the KGB community forums, 
you know, I, I mentioned that I'm at 233 pounds, I think right now, 234, something like that. That, that was with clothes. So what, 231? You know, that's that's big for me. That That's about the, the end of my genetic potential that I've proven over the years. It's hard for me to get any bigger than that, especially now at my age. So, but when I compete, I will probably be somewhere in the neighborhood of 210 pounds. So I'm going to lose a lot of body fat and I'm putting up with that extra body fat on my frame right now because I'm trying to maximize as much lean tissue growth and maintain as much lean tissue as I possibly can until I get to that point where I start to go the other direction and, you know, taper calories and then change my macros. And then I'll sort of dive into my hard cut where I will whittle it back down to the stage worthy physique that I want. So for right now, you know, it's tough to, for me to get 3,500, 4,000 calories a day, which is what I need right now to try to, to maintain and build that lean mass and to have that strength that I need in the gym and get through those hard workouts. So I, but I account for those calories. I account for that fat. I keep constant vigilance on my physique. You know, I look in the mirror right now and no, it's not anywhere near what I want to look like. It's polar opposite of what I'm going to look like on stage, but I can look at my physique in a full length mirror right now and I can see it's going as planned. Yeah, I'm not shredded, but I can still see some light abdominal definition. That's where I want to be. Yeah, I'm carrying some body fat right now. That's just the way it works. You know, that's that's the way it works for me. And then I will start to do the right calculations through the calendar as I assess exactly what my competition date is going to be. And I'll make those adjustments and start my taper and work through my taper and start to make more adjustments and start to whittle things down and turn the knobs and flip the switches and get to the point where I'll be in about a 12 to 14 week hard cut and it keeps getting, you know, more strict and more strict and dialed in and adjustments and dialed in until I get to where I see that it's coming off at the rate that I like. So hopefully, if the stars align and everything goes as planned, I want to be peaked and ready two weeks out. So then all I got to do at that point is maintain and then walk on the stage and hopefully get somewhere close to where I want to be. So, yeah. So, again, guys, it's, you know, don't you know, chastise somebody for saying, you know, I put coconut oil in my coffee. That doesn't mean there's some insane butter chugging, bulletproof coffee chugging, freaking fat back and, and, you know, lard, you know, all day. That just means that they're at a, you know, if they're intelligent and they understand the ketogenic bodybuilding, you know, way of things, our hybrid approach then don't immediately assume that they're just, you know, chugging lard all day. Maybe they, like myself, have accounted for that fat and they're using it as a productive tool for energy and hormonal concerns and they've accounted for it and their protein is, is you know, still high. Their carbs are still low and, you know, everything is good under the hood. So, you know, there you go. So hopefully, uh, hopefully I didn't uh, go too far off the rails there. Um, let's see. Hour and 10 minutes in. Should I do one more? Because I'm, I'm having fun. I haven't done this in, what, what has it been, two weeks? Um, all right. How about a, all right, here's one. Um, might be a complicated one, he says. 
What is considered a good warm-up for training a muscle group to 100% of its momentary ability? Anybody who uses the term momentary ability knows what they're talking about. You're probably a high-intensity guy like me or girl. I love that. Um, is it during the second set or the third set? Should one aim to carry 50%, 75%, 80% of the load in the first set, then go balls to the wall in the second set? Probably a guy, because he said balls to the wall. Uh, if it's a girl, well, you know, you're awesome. How do you achieve maximum intensity while avoiding injury in the moment rather than the long-term injury prevention benefits of high-intensity training? Okay, I wish I had some slide rule calculation spreadsheet, you know, PhD answer for you on this, but I don't. You can ask my training partners. Um, I am going to, it, it, let's say we're doing, oh hell, let's, let's think of a weight. Let's say we're doing uh, a bent over barbell row, okay? Um, I know no matter what, no matter what, third set if I'm doing three, fourth set if I'm doing four, second set if I'm doing two is going to be all out. It's going to be everything I can do with good form. It's going to be the highest intensity. It's going to be to failure. It's going to be to my maximum, okay? So let's say just for, just for shits and giggles, we're doing four sets. Then I'm going to pick a weight that's in the hypertrophy range for me. And that's going to be anywhere from say eight to 12 reps or maybe even eight to 15 reps. So I'm going to pick a weight and I'm doing, let's say a bent over barbell row and I will find, I will put on a weight for me because I know me, uh, I will put on a weight for me that has me, has things getting getting real at, you know, eight, 10, 12 reps, but I'm not going to go to failure. Okay. Um, now there are times where I will, maybe it's the third exercise in on a brutal back day and I'm feeling good that day. And for whatever reason, I'm going to take each freaking one to failure. I, I, that, that's something I just go by feel, to be honest with you. I wish I could give you some impressive answer, but I can't, but generally for the most part, I'm going to do that first set um, to what I would perceive as being about 60 to 70% of my maximum. And then at that point, then it's just like set two, once that bar has been set, set two, I'm going to go again and I'm probably going to leave what in my mind is, you know, two or three reps left in the can. You know, I'm probably going to leave it there. And then on the third set, I'm probably going to leave it to where there's maybe one or two reps that I'm leaving in the can. I, I could probably do one or more, one or two more, but I'm going to, I'm going to stop the set. And then I'm going to do my rituals. I'm going to walk around the gym and sip some water and try to get my head straight and think of something that pisses me off or gets me motivated or pumped up. Or, you know, if I'm lucky, some badass song will come on uh, the playlist or whatever. And when the time is right, when the proper focus has been reached and I'm ready to fucking eat nails and shit thunder, then I'm going to get under, uh, I'm going to grab that barbell and I'm going to go to 100% failure. You know, some days it's better than others, but it's going to be failure for that day. It's going to be where I, when I get to that last rep, at some point I'm probably stopping the range of motion and I'm 
you know, grimacing and sweating and fighting and gritting my teeth and turning bright red and veins bulging everywhere. And then I've got my workout workout partners calling me a pussy, telling me to pull, 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 and I'll move it a couple inches more and I'll move it some more. And then maybe one of my workout partners even, you know, bumps the bar a little bit, gives me the slightest of Forbes reps. And then I get really freaking pissed off. And then I pull that fucker into my chest and I finish that failure rep or I don't. But if I failed, if I gave it everything that I had, then I'm good. Then I'm good. There are, you know, there are some times rare, but there are times where I'll drop that bar, be pissed off and say, I quit because of pain, not because of ability. And then I'll go through my ritual again and I'll come back and I'll take that thing to the damn death. If I have to have some horrific macabre scene in my head of somebody holding a gun to one of my kids or something saying, if you don't complete this rep, I'm going to pull the trigger, whatever it takes. But that's the kind of intensity you need if you're really trying to grow. And honestly, you know, at this stage of the game at the level that I'm at, yeah, you know, I'm never going to be Mr. Olympia. I just do amateur bodybuilding competitions. I do that to be a better coach. I do it because I like the challenge because I refuse to be mediocre. So whatever, whatever place I've got to go to in my head, not only is it going to benefit my physique, but I just like that raw intensity. I like the violence of it. That makes sense. I like aggressive music. I like aggressive training. I like things that are powerful. I like fucking monster trucks, you know, (laughs) not Priuses, you know, call it toxic masculinity. I don't give a shit what you call it, but I dig it. My wife digs it and my workout partners dig it and it's fun and it works. So, you know, that's just the way I do it. Uh, you may find your own system, you know, back to Dorian Yates. That's the way he did it. He took that Mike Menser, Arthur Jones, heavy duty, you know, uh, ideology. And that's the way he did it. He would do, you know, two, three sets, uh, sometimes three, four sets, uh, and not all two or three or not all three or four were to hundred percent failure. You know, he would take, uh, like, like I just said, he did his method, but you can damn well better believe that that last set, uh, Dorian would take it all the way. And there, there's no doubt about that. That's well documented. And, um, I'm going to, to paraphrase and really screw up a fantastic quote of Dorian's. Uh, it was something to the effect of, you know, he said once, how do I know that my competitors aren't out training me? How do I know that my competitors aren't going harder than me? How do I know that my competitors aren't dieting harder than me? The answer Dorian would say, because I know it's just not possible. That's where you need to go. That's where you need to go. Trust me. You'll get addicted to that feeling too. It's just a matter of time. I don't care how old you are. You know, it's not for some, but you know, you know who you are out there. You've got that smile on your face already. You can't wait to go to the gym now, right? (laughs) Or you're terrified and in the corner, you know, you know, curled up in the fetal position crying. It's not for you. Go ahead and back out now. Okay. (laughs) All right. All right. I'm, I've already screwed up my hour. I'm at an hour and 18 minutes. So I'm going to go ahead and call it. Um, Thank you guys for your support. Now that Thanksgiving's over and the KGB community is launched, 
Uh, we're going to be back to our weekly podcast schedule. This one didn't make it on YouTube because I had a little technical problem. Um, we'll be doing our best to get them on YouTube as well each week. And uh, like I said, I'm going to be adding some cool content over at the KGB community forum. So go over there now, create an account and join us. Um, hey, if in case you didn't know, I do coaching. And if you need a coach, if you need somebody to design your workouts the same way I would design my own, but specifically for you and to help you with your cardio and help you with your nutrition, to set your macros, to set your caloric ceiling, no matter what stage you are in and be available to you 24 seven for any question you could possibly imagine and know that it's answered generally within minutes then uh, check out my coaching programs at robgoodwin.com. Um, I'd love to have you on board. I've got uh, nearly 90 online clients as we speak. I've got room for a few more. So uh, head on over and check it out. And if you have any questions, just contact me. I'd be happy to answer any questions you have. So uh, until the next time, guys, thank you again for your support. Thank you for your patience. Uh, I know it's been two weeks since the last podcast, and, and it will not be two weeks again. So... Anyway, cheers, God bless, peace, keep fighting, go eat a big ass steak and go train your ass off. Until next time, see ya.